0: Good morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. As we gather here today, a blessed Easter to all of you as we anticipate Pentecost coming on this Sunday. For as we know this Thursday, June the 1st, now it is June, the light of Christ shines on us throughout scripture that the Word made flesh has come among us and we are then able to look at the scriptures in a whole new way. And we do that with Genesis chapter 8. We've heard this point that They're in the boat, Uh, they've been there a while, Uh, the door has been shut, and now they are floating along, and everything around them who has breath in their lungs has died. Now the flood subsides, and the reality of, of Noah is that we see a very faithful man at the end of our text today, not necessarily living faithfully. It gives us comfort in one way, he's a normal guy like you and I, but also makes us realize once again why we need a Savior. So as you look at Genesis chapter 8, open up your Bibles, put on your Christ goggles for the gifts are ready, ready for you. Thank you to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmission.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. Helping us to be strengthened by God's word, we have the joy of welcoming back regular guest Pastor David Boyce Claire of Faith and Bethesda Lutheran Church in Pine Lawn, Missouri. Pastor Boyce Claire, a blessed Easter, and welcome back to Thy Strong Word.
1: And a blessed Easter to you. It's always great to be here. I was here exactly a year ago to the day uh, on on Thy Strong Word. So
0: hey, nice, nice anniversary. Yes. <laughs> well, in
1: years <laughs> before that
0: too. <laughs> Absolutely, you've been on for quite a while, Pastor. What's going on for you and the work of the saints of faith in Bethesda?
1: Well, we are completing our celebration of the Easter season, and uh, we're on the eve of the coming of the Holy Spirit that we're going to celebrate this sunday uh we We always are um, there for to give the gifts of God for the people of God, so that continues.
0: And as we look at as we look at um as we look at today, it is with Genesis chapter 8. Pastor, we've heard the flood account quite often. And as we look at the flood account, we can easily become, um, how do you say it? Uh, I've, I've heard this all before. Plus, I have to rescind one statement I had. It's the end of chapter 9 where we see Noah being like unfaithful. So forgive me now. I'm getting ahead of myself. But as we've heard this story before, we, we see it on, in kids' play toys, and you see in little kids' books and, and movies and so forth. Pastor, what's important for us as Christians to not assume we know all the answers already to this, but to take a fresh look? Any encouragement you have for our listeners as we look at Chapter 8?
1: Well, this uh, account, uh, this historical event, uh, Mm -hmm. which is celebrated, too, in an exhibit that's uh, like a full-size ark in Tennessee or Kentucky or wherever that is, uh, the ark adventure or whatever, uh, that this is a... uh, It kind of becomes a parable for uh, our relationship to our Lord Jesus Christ and our being members of his church, which, you know, we're in the boat every Sunday when we go into church because we're in a nave and that, of course, is a boat and And uh, even as uh, St Peter so beautifully expresses in his epistle is that uh, baptism saves us uh, you know as as God saved the eight people uh, of Noah's family through uh, the waters of a flood, so he saves us through the waters of holy baptism
0: and and think about this, and we've been reflecting on this a lot is the ark, which which is just a monumental part of history, as you said so well, that when you were baptized, it was just as monumental of an event. I mean, to me, that's just unfathomable. I never thought about that much until I read this and been studying this at this point. And so, Pastor, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around that. And, and just the, the joy of knowing what happened to me. What happened to my children? What happened to my grandparents, great grandparents, and everyone before? That this was monumental, like the ark that saved Noah and his family. Any any thoughts on that? Maybe you've always thought about that. That's mind blowing to me.
1: Oh yeah, and what's interesting is in in in, in and I think our our. Um, Publishing houses on the cutting edge of, of trying to apply that by the catechetical series that came out in the 60s, like when I was in confirmation class, what, 50 years, 50 years ago? Uh, they, they basically show that our baptism is our personal entrance into sacred history and that uh and, and so that when we realize that when we are baptized, that is where we can say that we set our names, well, or God puts His name upon us, and then we uh, put our names into sacred history and, and god 's history of salvation. so I, I think what you just said is so so precious and so powerful that this that our baptism is just as great a miracle as the rescue of Noah and his family through the flood.
0: Well, Pastor, as we look upon that today, as this is a huge monumental thing, a monumental event in history of God's salvation, a new creation that he has, and also to us as our names are are marked by the Lord, can you begin our time in prayer? Oh,
1: certainly. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, you remembered Noah and his family as well as the animals that you preserved in the ark. We thank you for preserving us in the great ark of your one holy Christian and apostolic church in which we are placed through the waters of holy baptism to be saved from all evil to life everlasting. Guide us as we consider the historical events of the Great Flood, realize the destructive nature of sin, and turn from today's culture of death that calls evil good and good evil, that we may be saved by grace alone through faith in our bringer of rest, our, our
0: Noah, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If you have any questions concerning Genesis chapter 8, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, or call us in this live study, 314 821 314 Now, Pastor, let's hear the Word of God to begin. So I will read all of chapter 8 of Genesis And one, because there's always something new I learn every single time. So we'll hear those words and come back for your first thoughts. So let us hear the word of our Lord from the English Standard Version, Genesis chapter 8. And God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed and the rain from the heavens was restrained. And the waters receded from the earth continually. At the end of 150 days, the waters had abated. And in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. And the waters continued to abate until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. At the end of 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made, and he has sent forth a raven. It went to and fro until the waters are dried up from the earth. Then he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters have subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place for her to set her foot. And she returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent forth the dove, and she did not return to him anymore. In the 600th and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark, and look, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth had dried out. And God said to Noah, Go out from the ark, you and your wife, and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may swarm the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives and him, every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, Everything that moves on the earth went out by families from the ark. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord Yahweh and took some of the every clean animal and some of the every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains, sea time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease." This is our word, this is the word of our Lord this morning, Pastor. Pastor Chapter 8, what do you have for us to start off? Yes, uh, the first thing
1: is the word remembered. Uh, It says God remembered. That's a very important word because it's a word which involves action. Uh, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, Uh, you know. And so, in other words, it involves that when you remember something, that you do something. Jesus said, "Take and eat, uh, eat this in remembrance, or in my remembrance." Anamnesis is the Greek word. Uh, So, so the remembrance is is uh, it has to do with um, something gracious. And, and something uh, salutary, and so God remembered Noah and all the beasts. You know, the, in in chapter seven, you had, you know, the complete destruction of the entire ancient world, and and uh, you know what a what a cataclysmic uh, it was—an extinction level event. Uh, you know, many many scientists have different uh, theories about what happened. Like, I mean, other than uh, the forty days and forty nights, but then there was more than that. There was also a return of the world to the Tohu Wabohu, the void. It was void mm-hmm. and empty, like mm-hmm. at the beginning of creation, which is basically what God did. Uh, you know, in His response to uh, the the evilness of humanity. Uh, which of course are uh, brought on by the devil, but uh, then, then in all of this, uh, all of that's done, and in and, and quite a, a tremendous destruction that it did, that then he remembers noah and his family of course it's not like well god was you know really in there destroying everything and that oh i forgot noah he didn't forget <laughs> but uh you know once once the uh uh destruction was uh, accomplished uh that was the time to show his grace and mercy
0: and as we look at chapter eight it it gives us a lot of details uh, details of of how the water went down, how many days it was, uh, you know, all the animals that go out and 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 so forth. So we can kind of get lost in the details. What's your encouragement? Well, I want to ask it this way, Pastor. You're always good at thinking through the whole dynamic. How would you summarize Chapter 8 as before we dig in? How would you say this is what makes Chapter 8 unique or a main thrust of how we look at it today? Any thoughts? Well,
1: this is this is uh, the good the gospel that comes upon the law. You know, the law kills the letter, kills, but the spirit gives life. And so, this is this is the chapter of the gospel of God uh, bringing uh, humanity back to His created world, uh, but a world, of course, that is very much changed from uh, before. And and um, it, it it just shows it, it really so luther even kind of in his um he luther there's like about 5 volumes of of his uh, lectures on on genesis which he right. did in the last part of his life and he kind of says this god kind of seems to uh think that he maybe he made a mistake maybe he was a little bit too hard uh not not that that's true but i'm just saying that that that's we, the idea is is that's his way of showing mercy is is saying you know that that obviously Noah and his family were certainly repentant um of of the sin of their own sin and and the sins they were sinful people and and so God is is ready to show mercy here so this is the gospel that comes after the law
0: well it's with the gospel that we always dig into scripture so pastor uh I'm ready to dig in are you ready hey Sure. All right, let's do it. Chapter 8, we'll read verses 1 through 5. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed, and rain from the heavens was restrained. And the waters receded from the earth continually. At the end of 150 days, the waters had abated. In the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest in the mountains of Arad. And the waters continued to abate until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. So, Pastor, you, you you spoke about God remembering. And I first just wanted to find out if there's anything more you wanted to say to that. But then also that leads us into just some, as you mentioned before, some very good history Mount Ararat is a real mountain you know that there were a certain amount of days that he used wind to take away the water um, and this goes back to the Red Sea when he used the wind to separate the sea in order for the people to walk across dry land it's that beauty of he uses his creation um, for the sake of us being able to see it, for the sake of, of, of people and, and and using it for his glory. And, and he works within history. I, I really wanted to rehash what you said earlier, because it is so important to realize this was not a fable, but this happened in real time, in real places. And thanks be to God he had. But any other thoughts on verses one through five?
1: Yes uh the 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 thing is is that there are you know obviously the people that criticize the bible that's what i call historical critics sorry guys um <laughs> The people who criticize the Bible kind of, uh, you know, scoff at this and say, well, how, how is he going to uh, remove the waters by a wind or something like that? Well, they don't reckon with who it is they're talking about. You're talking about the Lord of heaven and earth that that is the Lord of the universe. I mean, he can do anything he wants and uh this is the way he does it uh and and you know he speaks it's kind of like it, it there's kind of picturesque language of uh, there's uh there there are the windows of heaven so those are like sluice Sluices are, uh, you know, like water gates uh, going into a uh, maybe a mill or something like that. So, so the, those sluice gates are closed, and the and the springs probably better for uh, the word is is sp- the springs of the of the deep, the Tahom in Hebrew, that that mm. great deep are are uh, uh, stopped up. Uh, you know, God sets a limit. To uh, to the forces of nature, which are probably possibly destructive, and so, in a sense, uh, from the chaos that was in Chapter Seven, that was unleashed in in, ju- in righteous judgment against the sinful world, uh, the um, you know God basically sets things back in order again. And uh, like it took 150 days, uh, or or it says that uh, the water was on the earth and then it reached its height. And now it was 150 days for it to to ebb, the water to go down. And it's interesting that that Noah uses 40 days before he opens the window. uh, So, you know, he's kind of thinking, well, it took 40 days and 40 nights for the rain to come down so uh, we should probably wait 40 days uh, before we open the window of the ark and then mm. of course it it's it he it talks about Ararat which is uh which is a province uh of a land called um Mini in the Bible in in Jeremiah chapter uh 51 um let's see here Jeremiah fifty one twenty seven. 27, it says, uh, Set up a standard on the earth, blow the trumpet among the nations, prepare the nations for war against her, summon against her the kingdoms, Ararat, Mini, and Mini is Armenia, and Ashkenaz, uh, and so hmm. on. So so in a sense, these these are real historical areas. Now, it's interesting that, that among the people in Armenia... Uh, they say that Ararat is sort of like the, uh, the, uh, uh the beginning of humanity. And it's believed that, you know, there, there were some that believed that uh, the Garden of Eden was in this area as well, because it's sort of like the headwaters of, uh, like the, uh, Tigris and Euphrates, which are mentioned in, in, uh, the, uh, of the paradise and so on. So, so yeah, it, it wasn't it fitting for the Ark to come to rest uh, in, in this area, which may have been the place where Eden was. We don't know where that was. And, and, and scholars of course, in talking about this say, well, with the flood, it kind of washed all of that away anyway. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and uh, so in this particular case, uh, it, it's kind of like a fulfillment of what Lamech said about his son. You know, he, mm-hmm. he when he uh, gave, uh, he, um, uh, begat uh, Noah. He said, "This one will bring us rest." So you know, the name Noah is means rest, and the and the, and the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. So so in a sense uh, no through Noah uh, that that uh, deliverance of the eight souls on on board the the ark and then all of the animals and God's God desires all of creation to be blessed by his actions if you look at uh, Romans chapter 8 which is sometimes called the greatest chapter in the Bible it speaks about that the whole creation year, yearns for the revealing of the sons of God and and so, it, you know, it's just kind of how, how God really loves his creation.
0: So as we look at, and that's a great way for us to look, is at the end of chapter 8, it does talk about how God sustains his creation, because we can get this view that if we were to have a cataclysmic flood, that basically, and this is like a good sci-fi, apocalyptic type of movie that you'll see nowadays, that basically everything's been destroyed and there's zero hope. One of the beauties of chapter eight, like you said, the gospel um, handle that we have on this is that this is a new creation that God sustains. And it's good for us to remember that he does indeed sustain it. And he gives us the exact days. This happened the 10th month, the 10th month, and the first day of the month, you were able to see the mountains. So that's kind of that first hope that they're able to have, because the door has been shut. shut. Who knows if they had something happen behind the scenes where they're hearing people dying and they're just going through all this grief. But here that first hope is, I can see the top of a mountain. Therefore, the anticipation continues to grow and the promise that God will sustain it. Pastor, anything else in verses 1 through 5? I think think you really summarized it very well. (laughs) <laughs> well, thank it's you. A, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So let's keep moving on. We'll do verses 6 through 12. 6 through 12. At the end of 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made, and he sent forth a raven. It went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he set forth a dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set her foot, and she returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and he and behold, in her mouth was a freshly picked plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent forth the dove, and she did not return to him any more. Pastor, I want to reflect a little bit here from my childhood, if I could, is I remember, and I don't know what the context of this thing was, but there was an old cartoon, Noah and the Ark. And there was a scene that, you know, evidently in the cartoon, the ravens could talk, the doves could talk. So there was a battle between the doves and the ravens, and the ravens were kind of the mean people, and the doves were the good birds and all this, and the the, the raven left, and it was like just this evil finally leaving the ark. And then the dove goes out and comes back with the olive branch. I remember thinking as a kid, like, wow, that's in the Bible. And then how I read it, I don't see anything like that in the Bible. You know, what's going on here? <laughs> so I'm deceived this whole, my whole life has been deceived. Anyways, um, Pastor, break this down for us. He sends out the raven, sends out the dove, and they find the olive branch. What are your thoughts? How do you want to break that down? well the,
1: the um uh, sending out of birds was a uh, in ancient um uh sailing or mar- mariners would would send out birds to um you know maybe find if they were close to land or or where they're going uh in, in noah by just simply opening this window was not he didn't have a view he didn't want to uh, do what he did later that he would uh you know take off the covering Uh, So he really couldn't, uh, he really didn't have quite a perspective on it. So he sent out the birds, uh, the two birds to uh, maybe give, maybe provide that, uh, you know, ability or, you know, to see what would happen. Now, the raven, of course, uh, went, uh, flew to and fro, but now obviously the raven could find a place. To light on, because a raven didn't care whether it was slimy or dirty or nasty, uh, because it loved carrion or, or, you know, dead bodies. There might have been dead bodies floating around, and so the, the raven was hungry, so the raven just kept he said, I'm, I'm doing okay, don't worry about me, of course. <laughs> uh, in, in a sense that, that, that it is an unclean bird. It, in fact, if you look at Revelation, it speaks about unclean birds, and the raven is, in a sense, it's kind of like a bird of prey, like a vulture or something like that. And uh, the dove, of course, uh, will not uh, light on any place that is dirty or wet. Uh, and so she, the dove, uh, did not, uh, um, you know, did, did, basically couldn't find such a place that was uh, clean or wet or uh, dry and, and clean. And so the dove returned uh, to the ark and and it's interesting that it is so that this is probably one of the most universal symbols of peace is the the dove coming back to the ark the uh the second time and bringing in, uh, on on the beginning of a new day in the evening because as you know the hebrews began their days in the evening uh she brought a pl- freshly plucked olive leaf you know which is the symbol of peace and, 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 in other words, of hope. And, and of course, uh, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit chose the dove to make himself, uh, come on Christ. And so the dove is kind of a picture for us or reminds us of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and the Holy Spirit is guiding. He, he, and obviously the dove cares about the people here, so she, she wants to let them know what's going on. And, and, uh, you know, so, so once the, 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 there wouldn't have been a, a, a leaf growing at that time if the waters were still there. That was a, that showed them that the, that there was dry land and there was a tree that was uh, able to, uh, uh, send forth leaves and, and fruit and everything else. And so that that was basically what uh, that message was. And and so that's basically what happened. So Noah got a, an idea of what was going on.
0: And so we look at this, and, and that is fascinating, the connections of the dove for our culture, peace, but also the baptism of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. So you do have that feel, I guess, I haven't done re- much research on that, is, would we would we say this is kind of that first holy spirit connection would would we make that connection when we see the the dove coming down on jesus at his baptism and somehow connecting that to this i guess i've never done that before any thoughts
1: well, you could do that homiletically, I suppose you know yeah. you
0: have to you know it it's kind of like
1: even even saint peter of course and, and and in uh you know God's Word makes that connection between the flood and our salvation and baptism, baptism does also now save us, so there you have a direct connection, and there you can say yeah that's this was is a type and an anti type You know, uh, and and so you in in this particular case, it's kind of like simply a reminder of, uh, you know, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, the Holy Spirit came down on Jesus in in bodily form as a dove. And so and so there's there's quite a similarity. And then also the the nature of the dove, the dove is is a creature that does not like filth and, uh, and and, you know, wet Obviously, is dangerous and and wants to set her foot on a dry, clean place. And and uh, in, you know, in a sense, is probably more more of a friend to man. And so, you know, probably Noah had a, a close relationship with the dove. You know, I mean, that was his pet.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right. Oh, exactly right. And so that those are a lot of connections that we can make, and I like how you made that distinction, that homiletically, you can make those connections. We just have to make sure that exegetically, meaning interpreting the scriptures, that we are being faithful to the plain text, all on account of Christ. So, Pastor, right now we need to take our break. We are studying Genesis chapter 8 with Pastor David Boisclair, and we'll be right back. And welcome back. We are studying Genesis chapter 8 with Pastor David Boisclair of Faith and Bethesda Lutheran Church in Pine Lawn, Missouri. Pastor, important question for me to first ask, you know, in April of 2021, you and I hung out for a time at Hodax. The question I have is, have you been back to Hodax lately down in South St. Louis? (laughs)
1: I, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, uh, you know, I, as you know, I, I kind of live out of, out of town, um, and, um, I, 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 I think I would have, I would do what you did. I think you, you had the burger, and I think I, I think I'm gonna, if I go back there again, I'm gonna have the burger, because they've changed the menu on their, on their, um, or the the recipe on their chicken, and so. But I mean, you know, I, I still I still have the chicken once in a while. But the 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 way it was when you and your wife first were were went there, the uh, recipe was still intact. So there it is. I, you uh, know, now we know. Now we know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you so, I think you
0: had a burger.
1: So that's
0: probably I did, what I'll and do. You know what? I go back. Even. Even back in the day I had a burger there. So in September I should be back in St. Louis for a time. So we will make another arrangement to eat. Oh at wonderful. And even Look. if it's Hodak's chicken and we have a burger, that is a okay. So anyways, Pastor, a- we're, uh, we're, man, we yes. are <laughs> we're here for the word of God. We have gotten through verse twelve of Genesis chapter eight. Pastors, any other thoughts you have before I move on in um, after these first twelve verses.
1: Well, you know, you you kind of are notice how careful Noah is. You know, maybe, you know, they've been cooped up in that ark for, well, of course, you know, as as you do the the, the math on this, they were, this whole event took a, a solar year, 365 days probably. Now, now, there's some little fuzzy parts there. Uh, of course, the ancient uh, Hebrew year was a lunar year, which was 354 days. Uh, but, you know, so I, but I think there was more than, more than that. And, 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 but, but Noah doesn't say, well, I can just, you know, and you've met a lot of folks that, you know, they're kind of impatient and say, let's get out of (laughs) here. Let's, let's open the thing up. But Noah is very careful and actually, he doesn't go out of the ark until God tells him to. So, you know, you, you just admire the, the carefulness that Noah Uh, observed as uh, during this time.
0: Well, and that's where you had to be, right? In order to land that boat, uh, the ark, you had to make sure that if you land, it's kind of like when you land in a plane and you're kind of like, okay, we're here. And then if you stand up, you got to wait still half an hour to get out of that darn plane, you know? If he yeah. stops and those animals are like, hey, we stopped moving. Are we going to get out of here? I wouldn't want to be there for a few days. You know, That's just a practical thought I have in my mind right off the top of my head. Um, plus, for safety reasons, if they do jump out, they would surely die if they're around a bunch of water. They need food the moment they get out of there. And I'm sure he's thinking faith-wise. He's going to build an altar. He wants to make sure he can do that faithfully in order to worship his lord and to make the sacrifices he had prepared for and i think pastor tell me if i'm wrong i've i remember in the past i've done some research on the number of days and i've seen different documentations but somewhere around 300 plus days was the total from the time the door was shut to the time that they actually landed on mount ararat have you ever researched that or any thoughts
1: well, I you know there is uh they they provide uh, I mean I know it's kind of maybe sort of a not not the the most positive of sources the Schofield reference bible but it says uh you know it basically had uh you know like a I can e- I'll email this to you but it says the flood nice. began the 600th year second month 17th day of Noah's life in chapter 7 verse 11 and then you have all of the other then it then it basically counts uh uh, the to- The total is three hundred and fifty four days, which of course is a lunar year. Then you add eleven days because they they don 't get out of the, of the ark until the twenty seventh day of the second month of noah 's six hundred and first year, and so a total of three hundred and sixty five days i mean that's that 's just their their accounting. I think that um, Uh, Kyle Dalich, which is a real from from the 1800s, uh, a German, but a very uh, conservative uh, commentary, says that pretty much the same thing. But he mentions that there's a little fuzziness about it. So it's a whole year uh, that they got cabin fever uh, Mm -hmm. cooped up in that 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 arc.
0: My goodness. So, and, and so I
1: don't th- think it smelled very nice
0: here. I can't imagine. And, you know, like you talked about the Ark Encounter, I've referenced this a number of times because I think it is, um, it, it's not, it, it doesn't like, uh, how do you say it? Go to the Ark Encounter down in Kentucky, that it is a very fruitful. Thing to be part of. It's very, because um, even if you're not quite sure all the details of the flood or creation, whatever it might be, it is very fruitful for us in strengthening for our faith to be able to see it. You know, we're all Thomases, right? We're all doubting that. You're able to get just a glimpse of this is how possibly they could have done it. And scientifically, that could That could work. And we believe that God works through history. He works through science that he has created for the sake of his people. And just think about this. During COVID, there was a lot of times we were kind of stuck in our homes or stuck in certain areas. But even then, I could go for a walk just as long as you were six feet from other people. Imagine you're in a boat for a year with all those animals. (laughs) The, 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 The sociological, psychological issues must have been great. So, yes. We get to that point after a year. All right, enough of that. Pastor, uh, let's read 13 through 19. In the sixth and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters are dried dried from off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth had dried out. Then God said to Noah, go out from the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is on with you of all flesh, birds and animals and creeping things on the creep on the earth, that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing and every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by families from the ark. A lot, a lot of details there, Pastor. Break this one down for us.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, obviously Noah waited until the Lord said, "Go out uh, from the ark," um, and um, you know, it's in, in other words, uh, you know, he determined that it was dry. But then the Lord, of course, uh, said, "Go out," and 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 they were obedient to the Lord. Uh, and 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 what a what a. Marvelous day that was it was like a beautiful Easter morning uh, that you could go out and smell the fresh air and 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 be out in the and and, and have your feet uh, stand on terra firma uh and uh and and just think of how 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 happy the animals were as as they went out i, I just love a, a, in my old age i just love seeing animals i love seeing birds uh uh you know even snakes and and other other slithering and creeping things and 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 just seeing the wonder of life in in them and and god is the creator of all of these things and and uh you know they they all kind of fit together in his his beautiful tapestry the tapestry of of his creation and and so you know you can and just imagine it was just like easter sunday as as they were going out of the ark oh we're free we can we can go back to normal again maybe it's kind of like we were talking about covid uh covid is like a maybe like a f- type of a flood that we went through and then then uh, we see the end uh, god willing the end of it and then we can go back to normal perhaps
0: and that's that's the thing is is with something like covid there really has not been like a moment where everyone's like okay all right now we can But you do see this, and I've never—I should just say—I have not seen this. But you hear from farmers all the time that when you get to, especially in Minnesota, you get to that first day that you know you can let out the cattle, the pigs, and other animals. You can let them out of the barn because it is not too, you know, too wet out that they will destroy everything, and it's dry enough that they can go out. I mean, you open that door, and it is just an explosion of energy. They don't even know where they're going. They're just going. And you can imagine that, not only for the animals, that they obviously went out as families, which I like that that emphasis, they went out as families. And then every beast, they just would have sprawled out. Maybe they would have, you know, like for Minnesotans, I remember as a high schooler, we went down to, Texas, no, down to New Orleans in the middle of winter. And we went out the first time we saw green grass, took off our shoes and just stood in the grass. We absolutely loved it. So that's the, the, the joy, the new creation. And that's something I want to really talk to you about right now, Pastor, is I've never heard this connection before. As we talk about baptism now saves you, we also can talk about that everything had been renewed. Destruction is there, but now it's a new creation that the Lord had given to his people. That's an important theme throughout scripture. Any thoughts on them just busting out and the new creation that's there and what that means for us today as Christians?
1: Well, what moved God, I mean, things must have been really bad in the ancient world, uh, for God to uh take such drastic measures yeah and and uh so things were very bad and you one- you wonder sometimes as we go around our world today, you know uh things are getting pretty bad out there where they're calling things that are good, evil, and evil good you know it 's interesting that even animals know uh that there's male and female, and that they uh have families and they they're faithful to their families. And uh, then you have these uh, uh, certain misguided individuals that tr- try to destroy God's creation. They they just don't like the way God set things up, so they have to change it. Uh, you know, with this uh, gender identity and all this other other. Uh, ridiculous nonsense. But anyway, the the, the uh, as as they w- there is a new world. You know, I, I mean Noah and his. I, I wonder if they thought of the significance of that. They would be. They are the uh, the source of all of present humanity. Uh, just these eight people. From these eight people, we have the billions of people that ha- that are now inhabiting the globe today and and so it's it's a it's a new beginning it's almost it's like the garden of eden in a sense uh, although there's still sin in the world that's that's the thing that only can be taken care of by the son of god coming into the world as our lord jesus christ and taking away that sin
0: and what a you know it is a it is a great reminder that when we are baptized we die in Christ and we're resurrected with Christ. And here we see just a glimpse of that, uh, uh, the death and also new life that he gave. And we know that this new creation is still yet to come, you know, where you just have that joy of realizing that there will be a day where everything will be made new. Pastor, I have a number of verses here. So anything else from verses 1 through 19?
1: I think you know it's just like I say it, it's just the the realization they probably had that realization and 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 the and uh, Genesis which is one of one of my favorite books of the Bible is it, it kind of shows in chapter uh, uh, 11 10 actually where where uh, how uh, the the three Noah and his three sons uh, repopulated the world. You know, Ham, of course, is sort of the father of the people of Africa, and and Japheth would be the father of the uh, probably Indo-Europeans, people from the north, uh, and and then uh, uh, Shem, of course, was the uh, father of of the Hebrews and the and the Semitic peoples, uh, the 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 Arabs and, and people that live in Arabia and so on, and and um, you know, it's it's just a, mi- a miracle how God uh, just. Makes a, a whole new world uh, even after a, a judgment and destruction.
0: And that's what he does. He brings newness to this world. So let us continue the rest of chapter 8. Now, it is, it is kind of an awkward ending here. We end in chapter 8, and you know, we want to get to chapter 9, but we're going to hold ourselves back for Pastor Dieter Ding tomorrow. Verse 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord Yahweh and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the aroma, the Lord Yahweh said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man. For the man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. When the earth remains, sea time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. And so, Pastor, here we see a number of things. The first one that has really struck me with this is, the first thing that Noah does is to praise the Lord and build an altar to him and make a sacrifice. Any thoughts on that and this practice of sacrificing and the pleasing aroma to the Lord?
1: Well, um, it, it, as, as we say, it is always meat, Right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto you, O Lord, Almighty Father, Everlasting God, and so uh, that that's that's what we do as Christians. That's our that's our life's breath that we we uh, we offer our praise and thanksgiving uh, for what He has done. And obviously, as the Scripture says, without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. And so uh, we are reminded that, that is certainly the sacrifice is a reminder that uh, there had to be the one perfect sacrifice uh, to uh, reconcile the whole world to the Father. And that, of course, is in the precious life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And that's, that's uh, so m- m- much a picture of that. That's why in churches we, we have an altar. Now, we don't do any sacrificing on that altar. That altar is to remind us of, of the, uh, the one sacrifice and then, of course, all of these other, um, you know, I, I, they're kind of like visual aids or types of that sacrifice that, that are made. And so there's an altar and we get the benefit of what has been sacrificed uh, on the altar of the cross.
0: And so we see this pleasing aroma. It's kind of one of those dynamics, I think, of the sacrificial system in the Old Testament that you're like, okay, that's a pleasing aroma. <laughs> and what does that mean when the Lord smelled that? And then, and then it seems like he says, oh, that sure smells good. I'm not going to ever do a fly. do we teach that? Because it's, it's language you don't see often throughout Scripture. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, as, uh, as we put our Christ goggles on and as we look at this passage of Scripture, we see that, that uh, because of Christ's one sacrifice, you know, God is reconciled to the world. And, and, uh, not, not to say that Noah initiated uh, the sacrifice, but that is ultimately the way in which uh, the world or people or humanity is saved is through the, the one sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, which is a, he, he, he alone is a sweet saver because he was, uh, uh, he was sinless. Uh, separate from sinners. He was a pure and and a, a fragrant sacrifice uh, to the Heavenly Father so that, uh, you know, he breathed at uh, the, the, the aroma of Christ, and, and no longer in his heart, in his heart, he lays his anger by. And, uh, you know, with the resurrection of Christ, mm-hmm. he justifies the world of sin. You know, not counting their sins against them. You know, Christ was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification, and so the entire world is justified in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, that is, of course, given at the altar uh, every Sunday, or in in the Sundays in God's house uh, with the holy sacrament of His body and blood, and so that's that's uh, that's basically what's going on here.
0: So we get to the end, and and he uses just what I would say poetic language, where he says, neither will I again strike down every living creature as I have done. Now, to this point, we don't get the promised rainbow that's very important for us, especially this month, for us to look at it in a proper sense. But it, he, we don't have that yet. But the language in verse 22 is just beautiful I, I you know one of those things that i've never really <laughs> i've not looked at very closely but it says while the earth remains sea time and harvest cold and heat summer and, winter and night shall not cease what are you telling us in verse 22 in this beautiful poetic language
1: well it's it, it's kind of like all creation uh, when it whenever there's a rainstorm if the sun follows the rain real closely like uh, as as I was driving home uh recently uh, there had been a rain and you know here in Missouri it's really interesting it'll rain and then the sun will be it'll shine right right away that you see the rainbow and that is it, well, of course as you said we we you're going to deal with that in in chapter 9 but but this that of course is god's uh, uh covenant uh you know that that whenever we see a rainbow we we and we should remember God's promise that he will never destroy the world in this way again and and so and and it's kind of like a a promise that's given that's made to the entire creation you know even the animals can look at the rainbow and realize that they're not going to be wiped out like
0: that <laughs> And and thanks be to God for that, you know, and he, he leaves no stone unturned when it comes to wondering, hmm, okay, so there's not gonna be a world like God, actually are you gonna sustain us through this? So he says, see time and harvest, I'm there. Cold and heat, I'm there. You know, so when it's really hot in the middle of summer in St. Louis or really cold in January in Minnesota, he's gonna take care of us. Summer and winter, two two times that can be very dangerous. And day and night, meaning there is no time. You can try to look around on the schedule, on your calendar, at every single which way. You can look at every single day and say, will the Lord continue to sustain us? And he says at the end, shall not cease. His promise will be forever. Pastor, as we look at all of this, um, any, any what, what other thoughts do you have for we look at Genesis chapter 8?
1: Well, you, you have a kind of a really interesting statement that he makes. You know, I'm not going to do this again. And then he says, but man is, uh, you know, sinful, evil from his youth. And, and that, of course, uh, it, it, how does that, you know, how it, there seems to be a known sequitur. It doesn't follow. You know, why does he say he's going to show mercy even and, and man is always sinful? Well, it's kind of like this. People, sin still remains in the world god says but and so it's not that he's he's condoning it but it's just going to say you know and and there has to in a sense we have to understand that there's a different way to deal with original sin and sin that's in the world and and that of course is in the sacrifice of our lord jesus christ and so you know in other words it's kind of like god saying well even though humankind are all evil as we can see you know you you mentioned about uh, noah later uh, he was a sinner uh, that uh, mm. that that in a sense, uh, you know, God, God is, uh, despite that, I'm not going to do the same thing that I did
0: here. <laughs> and that is a, <laughs> a great reminder for us in every single way that the Lord continues to sustain us. Pastor, as we look at the whole flood account, it is something that uh, can be seen as very destructive. We're able to see a little glimpse of hope, As we look at the world today, why is the flood still important for us today as we look in the past and as we look toward the future? What would you tell somebody and say, you know what, that's a nice account. I learned that in Sunday school, but that has no relevance for me today. What would you tell them?
1: Well, my goodness, uh, we see, you know, the possibilities of nuclear war in in um, Eastern Europe and everything. I mean, uh, you know, that basically this destruction and this violence uh, is is the result of sin, and and so there there we're always liable. We deserve to be wiped off the face of the earth and off the out of the universe. But our gracious God loves us. And he sent his son to to be the sacrifice for our sins, and and so it 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 most it it in, in the flood is a perfect parable of of you know how how the creator is offended. It hurt. It gave him pain to see humankind do the things that they do, and and uh, and, and these forces of destruction are present uh, in our day and age here. And so um, it, it it is a call to repentance. And faith in Jesus.
0: So, Pastor, we did have I did have one question that did come in is how would I address somebody who says that it is impossible for the whole world to flood even after 40 days of rain? How would you how would you describe that? Obviously, there's a lot of different resources someone could use, but just you have any first thoughts if someone came to you and were to ask you that question. That 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 question came in on email.
1: Well, it's interesting that uh, it, it, the, the story, and I, I hate to use that word, the narrative as we have the it, yeah. uh, tells us that the uh, windows, uh, well, you know, obviously the rain is for the windows of heaven, and then, but then the, uh, the springs of the deep, you know, in other words, the, the, there's water under the ground that, that came up, it was a, you know, and, and of course God is the one that's doing it, but there is, uh, there is evidence like on the high mountains and and throughout the world that, that at one time there that the entire world was engulfed by water. So, so even scientists are discovering that as, as they uh, look at, you know, like maybe go on the top of, of uh, Mount Everest and, and probably find, uh, you know, fish, uh, you know, uh, fossils of fish up there, (laughs) you know, well, how did those get there? (laughs) You know, so, so there, there is evidence that this, that this, Type of thing can occur or did occur,
0: and so it's always good to continue to study, um, to research all of these things, and continually keep the lens of Christ as you continue to look at Scripture. But Pastor, it is a joy to have you with us. Pastor David Boyesclaire of Faith and Bethesda Lutheran Church in Pine Lawn, Missouri, giving us God's strong word from Genesis chapter eight. Pastor Boyesclaire, as always, it is a joy, and thank you for bringing us His gifts.
1: It's, it's such a joy to be a part of the, of the messenger of, of salvation, KFUO.
0: I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hand.